Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hockey Jersey Addicts, the podcast and support group for the addicted hockey jersey fan to talk twill, wool, acrylic, and polyester. Join us as we share what we've learned and uncovered about the game of hockey through collecting, restoring, customizing, and selling hockey jerseys. Around here, no jersey is too small or too big, too new or game-worn, too loud or too proud. We see everyone as equal and explore a diverse range of topics ongoing in the hockey community. We'll also dive into the vault with hockey history, trivia, and reminisce as much as possible about the grails we've got, the thrift store finds, and the watchlist wants. So put on some polyester, give us a listen, and if you like what you hear and want more, make sure to subscribe and follow us on your podcast station and social media of choice at Hockey Jersey Addicts. And remember, you miss 100% of the jerseys you don't collect. Hello and welcome to our first episode of Hockey Jersey Addicts. And if the names Mustard Cat, Mooderous, or Robopen sound more like things on your watch list than on a road kill menu then you're definitely in the right place (laughs) and today is my favorite day of the year for hockey jersey collecting because it's daylight savings day which is like what the hell it's because on daylight savings day in fall we turn back the clocks and my favorite set of jerseys is the turn back the clock jerseys from the 1990s so this episode is a total PSA to turn your clocks back. Uh, and by that, of course, I mean uh, polyester service announcement, right? Anyway, let's get into it. So what's going to happen here is I'm going to spend a couple minutes going over the history of the turn back the clock hockey jerseys. And then I'm going to talk to one of my favorite buddies in the hockey jersey addict world. Uh, one of the good dudes out there buying, selling, giving us advice, and making our watch lists heavy with likes. And that's Mike, aka Top Shelf Threads. So let's get into it. The 91 92 season marked the 75th anniversary for the NHL, and there were some festivities planned, marketing became involved. And as far as hockey jerseys go, there were like two real big decisions that were made. Both were centered around the idea that the 75th year of the league should attempt in some way to celebrate the league's history. And how to do this with jerseys was a new endeavor for the league because the NHL hadn't been really allowing teams to add a lot of patches like we see today on jerseys commemorating like a franchise milestone or some memorial patch for an important and respected person in their franchise or something like that and it's not like the NHL had a 50th anniversary patch already kind of as like some kind of precedent so that's very different than like today where seemingly every club that makes uh, it to another 10 years of existence or something like gets a patch of some kind so really the only patches that were kind of going about onto jerseys at that time were for teams that were making it into the Stanley Cup playoffs or finals. And so this idea of a 75 patch on the jersey wasn't like an automatic decision as we would expect like the NHL's 100 year anniversary 
because when that happened, it was more like it was a question of what the patch or design would look like, not if there would be one at all. So very different times back then. Um, and just so people know what this patch looks like, if you've never seen it before, it's a design that put a black seven and five next to each other with the artist manipulating the curve of the seven to make a big empty circle space next to the crescent moon style curve of that five. So you get like this circle and we see in that circle the NHL Shield logo. And the numbers have streaks coming out of them to make it look like they're moving quickly. And coupled with the circle space of the NHL Shield, it kind of looked like there was this streaking hockey puck moving left to right. You know, perhaps alluding to both the speed and the equipment used in the game. I'm not sure, but it's, a, it's my favorite patch design the NHL's come up with. And it was placed on the jersey near the player's upper right shoulder. And it was worn by all 22 clubs, including that year's newest expansion club, the San Jose Sharks. So the entire season long, they wore their normal jerseys with this 75-year anniversary patch on them. However, or additionally, I should say, the NHL designed special jerseys worn only by the original six clubs and only when the original six clubs played against each other. These were designed to turn back the clock and serve as like a visual reminder during those games of the history of the NHL. And there are no home and away sets for each one of the six franchises. They just got one jersey. And these jerseys are known now affectionately as the TBTC jerseys, where they were all earlier nods to iconic designs that each one of these original six clubs wore at one time of their franchise's history. And some were very similar in appearance to what they were wearing at the time, like the Toronto Maple Leafs, the New York Rangers, and the Montreal Canadiens, while others like the Boston Bruins, Detroit Red Wings, and Chicago Blackhawks were more a chance for fans to see, in some cases for the first time, earlier designs that these historic clubs used. So like the Blackhawks went with a barber pole look from their days in the late 1940s and early 50s. The Bruins uh, used their large brown bee that they wore for a few years in the 1930s. And the Red Wings, they called back their earliest jersey from the 1926 Detroit Cougars replacing the wing wheel like entirely um, with this capital Detroit word script uh, on a red and white barber pole pattern. And these jerseys weren't worn, you know, very often and not therefore, I guess, made very accessible to the public to buy. And, you know, both of those are just a terrible crime and, you know, oversight by the NHL. but. You know, back then, the NHL was still just learning the potential of the jersey market and what it could be with their fans. And this whole concept of a throwback night in all of pro sports was relatively new. And I was looking it up, and it's believed that it pioneered only one year prior 
to this uh, 91-92 season in the NHL when the Chicago White Sox and the MLB turned back the clocks and wore their uniforms from 1917 in a game in July of 1990. And this was most likely because this was the last year the White Sox were going to be playing in that Comiskey Park. And 1917 was the last time they won the World Series and wore the jerseys from there. You know, like pinstripes and short-billed hats. So suffice to say, the TBTC jerseys that they were made available for the sale of the public, you know, were snatched up really quickly because it was just this amazing look back at the history of a time in the NHL that, again, some people were just seeing for the first time. And so they were quickly snatched up. The potential was lost. And just to give you some kind of idea of like how this response was already happening in real time, some of the teams, you know, like the Buffalo Sabres, for the second half of their season, even though they weren't participating with the original six clubs on the TBTC nights, the Sabres wore their road jerseys at home and donned the home jerseys for away games to complement the original six teams who wore the throwback jerseys. This response, you know, may have added to the NHL's decision to move forward with their next jersey project, the CCM Heritage line of sweaters, uh, which were produced in the summer and fall of 92. There was about 18 of these sweaters, like I'm talking wool and acrylic sweaters that were being made by CCM and mainly of those 18 designs, it was clubs that didn't exist anymore or original six teams and the designs that they chose were bearing a striking resemblance to all of those that the NHL chose for the TBTC jerseys for those original six clubs. So definitely had an effect to say the least. And, um, there's some history of the uh, TBTC jerseys of the 91-92 season for you. All right, now let's turn our attention to our guest. And today I am so happy to be joined by one of my favorite Instagram accounts online, and merchants to buy from Top Shelf Threads, a.k.a. Mike. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here today. Hey, Dan. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> Sorry, that was a terrible joke. I no, it's I, I love it. I appreciate you being on here. And uh, what better way to take a break from uh, checking the latest alerts I've got on my jersey ones I want to buy than to talk about hockey jerseys with a guy I love to buy from. So uh, for all of our listeners out there, today's November 1st, which is daylight savings time. And this time around, you turn back your clocks. And uh, I know Mike from uh, buying turn back the clock jerseys towards my collection of the original six. So it's a great uh, day to have you on, talk a little bit about hockey jerseys, um, the vintage there, and stuff like that. So, Mike, why don't you uh, just say hi and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay. 
Yeah, so um yeah, so my name's Mike. Um I'm originally from uh just a little town outside of Buffalo, New York. Uh, so right by Niagara Falls. So um always been a huge hockey fan growing up. Uh since then uh, I went to Clemson for college. So after college I moved down to Atlanta and so that was about six or seven years ago. So just been down uh in Atlanta ever since. So Gotcha. So you kind of showed up right when the, the Thrashers had recently left town and, and moved to Winnipeg. Right. Yeah. So uh when I was in Clemson, it's only about an hour and a half, a little bit, you know, with traffic probably two hours to get to Atlanta. So I was fortunate enough to um to be at Clemson while they're still down here. So I went to a two games. This is a bit of a hassle to get, you know, out there. Um, but yeah, it, it's a bummer to, to lose them, you know, twice in the city. So especially now that I'm down here, there's no, the closest thing I have is Nashville. So when my Sabres are playing in Nashville, I usually try and get a, go down there and, and get a game in. So if it's on like a weekend or so, but that's yeah, it. that's that's a fan right there traveling for his team and also a hockey fan just to be going to games even when it's like out of the way but the closest to you. And I, I've i always wanted to be able to either catch a game from every team or catch a game in every stadium. So that's pretty cool that you got that experience twice, um, even if it was just twice. I think that's pretty cool. And yeah. Oh, sorry to cut you off, but... Yeah, no, go ahead, off. please. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say that. Like, it's funny you mentioned that because my uh, my last job, even this jo- my job I have now, I travel a bunch. So, if I'm in a city that's um, and there's a game playing that night, I, I do my best to try and get out there. So I've I've knocked off a few. I want to say probably like ten or so different arenas and watching games at them. Um, you know, in my travels. So. I usually try and do that if I get a chance, if they're in town that weekend and there's a game that night. <clears throat> That's really cool. I uh, I like to hear that. Do you do you take, like, does it go as far as to try to take maybe a jersey from one of those two teams that'll be playing? Or are you maybe like, screw it, I'm going to wear my Sabres jerseys no matter what? Or is that your turn to maybe flex something uh, from the collection? Or do you just kind of like enjoy the atmosphere and stay out of it? So um, unless I truly can't stand that team or I really like the team that they're playing, I'll I'll usually try and rock a jersey from the home team and pull for them. Um, unless, you know, it's like I'm in Boston watching, you know, the Bruins. I I just couldn't do that to myself to, to cheer them on. But, um, but yeah, I'll usually, I'll usually take one from my collection and uh, if I have one from that team and uh, and wear it for the game and kind of cheer on the home team and just kind of take it all in. Yeah, that's a good way to make friends instead of enemies too, I think. And uh, right. I think that's uh, a really sweet way to add to the atmosphere and enjoyment of it because I know when I wear <laughs> my jerseys in stadiums, sometimes they end up being, you know, a quick head nod or maybe like a quick conversation starter around something. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think that's also pretty cool. So that's nice to hear. I, I hope to travel to more games too. It's always neat if like your team's from way out of town and you're in like a area like Northeast US where 
when the Canucks go on that road trip, like if I were out there out of Boston, for example, I could see like them play Boston, the Islanders, the Rangers, like all those teams in one road trip over like seven days. And I'd be like, so happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, yeah. I've gotten out to uh, Vancouver to watch a game there. Um, you know, one thing that I picked up on, so I've, I've been to a couple Canadian teams. Uh, so I went to Vancouver, Ottawa, Calgary. Um, I didn't get to see Montreal. I got to see a stadium, but they weren't, it was not during their season. But one thing that I noticed that I found kind of interesting was that like, Whenever I go watch um, a game in like a Canadian team's arena, <clears throat> like the fans are just like so focused on the game and just like quietly, like just sitting there, just watching everything like mm-hmm. intently. And it was like, it's so, it was like, it kind of caught me off guard. I'm like, oh my God, these people like not like, they're not getting into it. But then I'm like, real, I'm looking around, I'm realizing that like everyone's just so intently watching and like focusing and not like, just talking to like the person next to or stuff like that that just like they'll cheer and stuff and go get wild when there's like a goal and stuff like that or a fight but like it was like a different experience going like compared to like other games where it's just like loud the whole time everyone's just kind of at the canadian games like just sitting there just watching it so intently i thought that was really cool oh yeah i mean that's that's a funny observation i like hearing that you know the that's just reminding me of this time I went and saw my buddy who was working out of um, Philadelphia at the time. And we're watching this uh, rivalry take place between the Flyers and Penguins. And I was like, sweet. I finally got to see like Crosby play a game and uh, Giroux play a game. And I'm watching the game intently. And then all of a sudden, like all this ruckus. And I'm like, what am I missing? Because I don't have like the greatest seat. And it's just the guys are cheering because there's a fight between a Flyers and a Penguins fan in like the second row and they're tumbling <laughs> down the stairs together. And I'm like, okay. Oh, <laughs> um, man, you know, I got to ask you about uh, Rick Janaret as a Sabres fan. Oh, like God, yeah. what, what do you like about him and what, what does he mean to you as a Sabres fan? I mean, what's not to love about that guy? I mean, he makes, the most like boring i mean and there's been a ton of boring games in the past 20 years watching the sabers you know how poorly they've done but i mean just listening to him is just like he makes everything sound exciting he just gets pumped up and you could tell he just loves it and it's and i think he's got maybe one more year he said or something like that but like i know it's just not going to be the same after he retires yeah like, we've been getting like a little like taste of like other announcers and stuff you know because he he's not doing all the season like the whole season anymore i think it's like tough for him but understandable when you, when someone else in there it's just like a completely different game you're watching it's just it doesn't feel the same and yeah it's gonna be tough to watch after he leaves it's it's uh it's interesting how like we're gonna lose him and Doc Emmerich in like the span of a couple years. And those are some really like household and uh, household names and household voices Mm -hmm. in in the game of uh, have you had a chance to see the documentary top shelf? No. All right. Have you heard of it? No. So it's definitely worth checking out because it's, you know, only about 15 minutes, but it's a video documentary about Rick Jenneret. 
and uh, it's it's a really fun thing and it, it's definitely striking chords about what you're talking about so i know you'll like that and he's 100 percent the reason why my sabers jersey in my 31 is uh la fontaine yeah because of that call for sure oh, yeah yeah just uh, classic yeah i definitely gotta give that a try uh listen i didn't know and you know that existed that's awesome so let me ask you before we move on to a little bit of uh some trivia i got lined up but um, what do you think of this Taylor Hall signing in Buffalo? Um, so I love the call. I mean, we, especially that, you know, it was a signing and not a trade. So we didn't have to give anything up for it. Um, it's a one-year deal. So it's kind of like a – they're both kind of trying to – it seems like they're both trying to prove themselves. Like the Sabres are trying to prove themselves to him as like a contender. And then he's trying to prove himself as like someone worthy of a big contract. Um, so, you know, it's, I'm, I'm scared. I like it. I'm skeptical that it's not going to be a long-term fit for them. I don't, I don't think he's going to want to sign long-term with them. Um, you know, it all depends on how, how they do next year. And I think if they do well, then he'll sign. But if they struggle again, I think he's going to want to go to a contender seeing how he's, you know, been with some teams that have struggled to at least go anywhere in the playoffs, it seems like. So I think if, you know, a team does well and they go decently far in the playoffs, which, you know, is a bit of a stretch, I think he'll sign. But I think he's just going to end up being, you know, a one-year deal, kind of like a test it out, and then he'll uh, he'll kind of move on to, you know, a team where he can win a cup. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting situation i i look at it too for uh like a it's a very interesting ex- experiment going on in buffalo you've got a lot of firepower now up front and i think some of the comments that eichel made at the end of the season last year maybe hall can come in and also help in a little bit of a locker room and leadership role and maybe mm-hmm. that chemistry works or maybe it doesn't and i think we're going to find out and if if God forbid, like things don't go so well, um, you know, Hall said he wanted to play for a contender. So I think going into this, he's optimistic things work out, but if not, um, it gives the Sabres some options to move him to a contender and then uh, maybe stash some picks for the next years to come as well. So we'll see how that works out. Yeah, yeah. I, I just feel for Sabres fans because you've had really passionate fans. They're always voted near the top of the league in those that are like passionate about it and love the game. So it certainly seems like a city that deserves uh, it, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. They, uh, they've had some good teams in the past. They just kind of, you know, for one thing or another, they just can't get it. Besides that one year to the to the Stanley Cup, um, so hopefully they'll start to put things together and and get a good base and foundation to build around. So let me ask you, uh, Mike. You know, of today's November first, and uh, I'm curious what we like to do here is uh, ask our guests um, either based on the episode number or the date or whatever. Uh, what's your favorite player to have ever worn 
the number one and why? All right. So, all right, let me think about this one. So, all right. So I play, so I actually play in like, just like a men's league and I play goalie. And one of the things I've always hated was when goalies wear like number one or like zero or double zero. Shout out Marty Baron. Last person <laughs> ever wear double zero. Um, so I, I'm going to lead it that, <clears throat> that I can't say when goalies wear one, but it seems like, like thinking through all the players that have worn one, it's the only ones that are really, that come to mind are like goalies. So um, I'm kind of locked in there. I think, so I'm trying to think of some savers. I think, en- so Enroth wore one. Right. Mm-hmm. They, they have, uh, they have some guy in the minors. He's, his name's like a mouthful. It's like Uka, Pekka, Lucan, and just a lot of K's thrown in there. <laughs> I think he rocks number one. Um, Did Marty Baron wear number one after he wore double zero as well? I think so. I can't remember exactly. I think he went, he might have gone. I know he's in like the 30s in his career. I know he went like 43. Or 43. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know if that's a good question if you wore one. I don't know. We'll, we'll add him to the, the look up. We'll look that one up later and see. And then that might be in there uh, in the running. Um, trying to think of so Ron Tugnut. That's a great, great name. Uh, so I think oh my gosh, great name. Us. Yeah, great hockey name. Um, let's see, Roman Turek for the Flames. He had he was one. I was I had a kind of a Flames kick when I was uh, um, they were kind of like my second team when again I was there. So it was more of a Kiprasov guy than Turek, but he was I th- there. Yeah. I think he was there with the Horsehead times. Oh one yeah, way or another. I see him in like a cool mask that way too. I remember right. now. Yeah. We have some legends like Johnny Bauer and Jacques Plant and Terry Sawchuk that all wore number one as goalies. Yeah, those are all good ones. Um, a little before my time. Um, let's see. I think. I think. Uh, you correct me if I'm wrong. I think Jim Craig rocked the number yes. one in Atlanta for the, so and and for the Flames. That's right. Yeah, so that's kind of like a double hometown. You got the U.S. and the Atlanta going there for that one. So, um, and then uh, well, you know what I like about that Atlanta Flames jersey, just because it reminded me you brought up Calgary before that. When they moved to Calgary, and then later when they changed their jerseys, uh, the A for the assistant captain is mm-hmm. the A from the Atlanta Flames. Yeah, it's such a nice little touch. Such a little touch. I love it. And then uh, one of your buddies, Luongo. That's my guy. Yeah, Bobby uh, Lou. Strombone one. Yeah, so I, 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 would, li- I would like to say one of the older guys, um, but like they, I was never – I don't know much about him. didn't watch him. So like the – you know, talking about from like the 50s, 60s, that era. So – I guess from that list, maybe Longo. I always, I always appreciated Longo. So, we'll, well, well you continue to me. win me over because that—that's who I had for sure. I, I want to add one of the things that I think is super cool uh, about how they re- did his retirement uh, in Florida was, <laughs> uh, you know, when the technology started coming out from some of the later All Star Game jerseys where they could like laser cut the um 
like the numbers to let the like yeah. material show through. Uh, did you catch how Luongo's jersey like had all of his uh, career stats kind of like in the number instead really? of like those really ugly ones that you see on eBay that like sew yeah, like, the stats into it? I hate those, yeah. but this is so cool. Like if you look up the Luongo like jersey retirement it's in this like really faint lettering inside the number and i'm like that is so dope i think that's, that's so cool so. yeah i didn't know that that's yeah that would be i'd like to see what that looks like so that's pretty cool the way they did that all right so that's maybe a good segue into some trivia uh the way it works here mike is uh i'm going to give you three questions don't worry they're all multiple choice or true false and uh, if you get two out of three right, you get a gift from our sponsor, uh, which is pretty neat. It's just too bad that right now we don't have any sponsors. So uh, you just get bragging rights, okay? <laughs> maybe, um, maybe I can send you a tub of OxyClean or something. Who knows? <laughs> For sure. Yeah, that's right. Soup it up. Um, okay, so uh, this is uh, centered around the turn back the clock theme that we're going with this episode too. So uh, your first question is a multiple choice and uh, it, it goes like this. So Detroit's Jersey, the turn back the clock Jersey for Detroit is a nod to the Detroit Cougars hockey team. And the question is where, uh, sorry, why were they called the Detroit Cougars? And is it, a, because the team was partially owned by Barnaby Bailey's Circus. Uh, B, it's just the team name that's left over from being bought from Victoria. Or C, um, because the Detroit nightclub scene at the time featured a plethora of older single women and they wanted to attract a different fan base. <laughs> I want it to be the last one, although I don't <laughs> think that's why they named it. Um, so I'll go with the circus one. That's, that's kind of a fun answer. It is, uh, but that is unfortunately incorrect. Uh, the Detroit Cougars are a byproduct of the Western Canadian Hockey League folding back in the 1920s. And a group of Detroit owners bought the team and moved it to Detroit. And they just stuck with the name for the first little while. Kind of like how uh, the Los Angeles Lakers basketball team stuck with Lakers, even though there's no lakes in, around Los Angeles because they moved from yeah. Minnesota. So I think that's partially, predominantly why uh, Detroit Cougars was the name because uh, it was the Victoria Cougars before that, which were the last hockey team in the West to win a Stanley Cup uh, forever until the LA Kings did it in the 2000s. That's crazy. Yeah. So you get trivia and a little history with all these answers. Like okay. That. So true, false for your next question. Uh, and this is related to the New York Rangers turn back the clock jersey. Um, this jersey, true or false, was also... Uh, not only a nod to the earliest days of the franchise, 
but they're also identical to an old Fort Worth minor league Rangers hockey team. Good, true. Yeah. So, ding, ding, ding. Uh, and board. yeah, so it's kind of interesting just for anyone trying to collect those Ranger TBTCs out there, just maybe ask that extra question hey, uh, is this a Fort Worth Rangers jersey <laughs> that's modded into a TBTC or what's going on here? Um, yeah. The other thing I wanted to throw in there, and it's kind of cool that you brought this up on your own, but uh, there's this player back on that team named Paul Bibault, B-I-B-E-A-U-L-T. And he was one of the very few and only players to wear number zero. So, oh, okay. yeah. yeah. All right. So here's your last question. Uh, it's, it's also multiple choice. Um, so the Turn Back the Clock series was done in 1991 and 92 and this was also the season that saw a new team enter the league was it a the san jose sharks b the colorado avalanche or c the tampa bay lightning i know it's not the avalanche because they were 95 i believe 95 96 so the I want to say, I know the Sharks played that year because I know they had the 75th patch on their jersey. Ooh, like, this I is good. I've seen a bunch of stuff. So I know for sure they were there, and it was around then when they um, were created. So I don't think they're – I know that the Lightning was got to be around then, but I don't think it was that early. So I'm going to go with the Sharks. Ding, ding, ding. All right. You're Dang a proud it. owner of a new tub of OxyClean. <laughs> awesome. Oh, uh, can, that's, that's pretty sweet, man. Yeah, you're absolutely correct, and I liked your thought there. So the Tampa Bay Lightning came into the league the year after, and um, I didn't look it up, but the Avalanche, the 95 seems about right. So good job on the, the memory bank there. You know, what's interesting about the Sharks starting that year is – um, it's the last year, sorry, the year before 9091, it's the last year that the uh, Minnesota North Stars existed before moving to Dallas. Uh. And what's interesting about why that kind of happened is the owners of the Minnesota team, George and Gordon Gund, they uh, agree to sell their shares of the Minnesota North Stars and pursue a new franchise in California called the San Jose Sharks. That's interesting. And yeah. those owners, they're actually the same owners that are responsible for the Golden Seals not working out in California and ending up in Cleveland. Ah. So it was a very interesting gamble to go back there after, you know, moving the Minnesota North Stars, like out of, you know, hockey, you know, War mm -hmm. Road, Minnesota stuff, you know, like that's crazy right. to do that. So it was a pretty contentious time around there. And to say of all places that you're going to disband the team and try it again in California must have been interesting. Oh, yeah. Sure. All right, man. Well, good job there. Hope maybe what I'll try to do is sell you a jersey at the same time and be like. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that actually 
wanted that's a good segue into what I did want to talk about with you as well um which is just you know you I think are similar like on a similar path of other hockey jersey addicts where you buy collect and then maybe decide you know I've got a lot here maybe I could start selling and uh I love that you've got a sweet website up for us to cruise it's www.topshelfthreads with a Z or a Z, depending on your country affiliation of pride. Uh, and then you've got like just a crazy collection of authentics and replicas. And, um, you know, similar to sometimes what I hear people ask, like, what's on your playlist? I'm kind of curious, Mike, as a collector and seller, what's in your watch list? My watch list. So, uh, sticking with the theme, definitely trying to get some authentic turn back the clock jerseys still. Um, so those a little tougher to find, especially Very tough 48. To find. So I got to be patient with that one. Um, let me see. I've been looking for a wild wing for a while, but I don't want to shell out too much for it just cause they're like, just getting real crazy expensive right now um trying to think of what other ones were kind of in my list um i can actually search look through i like Uh, how you actually have the watch list available oh i have (laughs) i have a so i have a fisherman jersey but it's a 52 i really need a a 48 so i'm holding I do this thing where I hold on to jerseys that don't quite fit just in, or just until I find one that does fit. So that one's an, another one that I'm, I'm looking for where I don't want to shell out too much for it. Um, and I always appreciate the, uh, like the Montreal uh, Centennial jerseys. I got a, I got a barber pole one uh, with Carey Price on it. It's an authentic one. So that one's, that one I haven't worn yet because I'm afraid to wear it because it's just so. Yeah. Um, but I eventually, once I get, maybe if, after I knock out the turn back the clocks, all of those, I'll, uh, I'll maybe try and pursue the rest of the other authentic uh, Montreal Canadiens 100, 100th anniversary ones because those, I guess I got a gamer for the blue one. Oh, but what? Yeah. It was. Holy it wasn't shit. anyone that's that's like worth writing home about but like it was still pretty cool to find it so i I snagged that one i I haven't decided what i want to do with that yet just kind of in a box right now but But, yeah i can understand not wanting to like wear them or touch them and stuff too it's kind of interesting it's like i want to look at you but from a safe distance yeah (laughs) it's like probably like i'd say five or so jerseys that i got like neatly folded in a box in like ziploc bags like where i don't want usually like either autographs or just like a real nice jersey that i know i don't want to wear so until i figure out a way to frame them or hang them up or something like that that's kind of where they're sitting just neatly tucked away safely that's that's smart too and i mean that's kind of where i'm at with my collecting is i'm in a place right now where I finally have the wall space to put some of these up and it's exciting, but also 
kind of terrifying because then you're like, I have the wall space to complete the collection that I've only had like two of the six of or something like that. So then you start chasing after your grails and, uh, you know, that's, that's a healthy part of the habit and addiction, (laughs) I think. (laughs) Right. But, um, yeah, those are some bangers that you mentioned. I know that one of my friends, um, the Jersey keeper, uh, He's got one of those wild wings that Adidas made. Mm. Uh, and like he's, I think it's like a 50 something, but it's just amazing to see that that exists. Cause it's just one of those jerseys, like the wild wing where you're just like, every time you see one, you're just like, oh my God, like, I just want to look at you for a while. Like I want you in my hands, but it's just so nice to see you alive online again. You know, like I'm glad people still are making sure these things exist and you know stay the test of time and you do a good job of that man because like my grails like or my watch list it's basically what's on your site right now you've got the authentic spaghetti skate you've got a uh brian trottier turn back the clock all-star gamer and i'm just like damn so that's my ultimate favorite jersey the 92 all-star game and my probably most prized possession right now is I've got the uh, CCM heritage line wool sweater version of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just debating if I want to, you know, eat ramen for three months or buy an authentic, I think at this point, because I'd love to own one, but they're also pretty pricey because they're so rare. And I, I, I never know sometimes if it's rare because everyone loves them or rare like the um, Wild Wings where it's like they're rare because people hated them so they never got produced a lot. So you're lucky if you find one. You know? Right. Yeah. And and if yeah if that Trottier was uh, a, little, a couple sizes bigger and it definitely would not be on my site and be in my closet. But yeah, I do have a, a Gretzky one. So I think his is the other... He was the other color in the two. You can correct me if yeah, I'm wrong. He, yeah, he wore the red he had one. The red. Yeah. That's right. So I do have, I, I was able to track one down for uh, an authentic Gretzky uh, All Star one. So I do have that one. So I don't know if That's I need amazing. Them. So we'll, we'll go well, with that. Oh. Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, from the, from the time that you've kind of been collecting and, Sounds like you've got both some great things in your watch list, some grails that I'm jealous of and just some incredible ones for sale. Like from the from the years that you've been selling and and stuff, have there been any funny stories that have come about either from like a a negotiation gone wrong or someone that clearly doesn't know how to haggle or just some kind of like funny or horror story or Anything from your time in the trenches that you'd like to share with us? Um, so there haven't been, you know, I've all of my um interactions with like the customers have have generally been positive. There hasn't really been any um any ones that stand out like negatively or odd or everyone's usually pretty friendly and nice and appreciative and stuff like that. And and I'm kind of the same way whenever I buy stuff, I try and um you know, thank the person, especially if they do a good job, like packaging it and stuff like that. Um, far as like 
horror stories I've had. There's been a couple scares with jerseys that I just ruined just trying to clean them. Um, the worst one was it was like a 70s. It wasn't even that. It wasn't that worth that much. Um, so it wasn't too. I still have it. I haven't. I gotta figure out what I want to do with it. But it's uh, like a 70s Rangers jersey, but it was screen printed, and it had a bunch. It was it was yellowed. So I tried dumping it in a bunch of OxyClean overnight, and it just all of the blue just because it was oh, the no. jersey. Yeah, it was the white jersey, and all of the blue from the screen print just like oh, it basically turned it to like a light blue jersey. So. I've definitely have been a little careful since then. I've gotten into some trouble with bleed, like the colors bleeding, but I've been able to successfully get those cleaned. Um, so fortunately, so I did have one where sold what jersey on eBay. It was a sharks. It was an authentic sharks jersey, and sold it was like sold for like three hundred or three hundred fifty bucks. And the post office kind of lost it for a little bit. It was taking forever to get out there. And then, so like eBay wasn't intervening because they didn't, because um, it was still kind of showing as in transit. And they said like, there's nothing we can do. And then finally they, um, something, it was something weird happened with like a, the guy is like, all right, this has been a month now and, you know, I haven't gotten to Jersey. And so he asked for a refund. And so eBay kind of accepted it and it, it was on like me to work it out with USPS. And then it like all of a sudden just started like showing as it was in transit again. And then like it showed up at the person's house and then eBay kind of still sided with them and he's claimed that it didn't show up there. So I kind of lost out on that one. That one kind of sucked for a little bit because I lost the jersey and the money from it. So. Oh, yeah. And then instead of being like, never mind, I found it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll cancel that request. It's like, sweet yeah. free jersey. I don't care about you. <laughs> I know. I was like, I know it showed up and I know he has it, but I have no proof for that. So I got kind of, that was kind of the worst one horror story that I could think of still kind of bothers me when I think think about it. I got a little PTSD from it, I guess. But yeah, yeah. Other than that, pretty post traumatic selling disorder. Yeah, huh? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or post traumatic sharks disorder. <laughs> nice. Um well that's yeah, that's pretty good actually. I think that's nice to hear. And that's what I love about hockey jerseys and collecting as well is that most of the time, you know, I'm just firing questions at you about hockey jerseys, and then all of a sudden you're talking about documentaries to check out, or, oh, man, I didn't know that that grail existed, or that's a sweet story about that franchise. So I think, like, that's part of the fun of it, too, is that most people collecting, like, maybe stuff like you and I, or whatever it is that they do collect, you know, it's really the beauties in the eye of the beholder or uh, the stories behind why people love what you would think as ugly is just super interesting. So, mm -hmm. right. So on that, Mike, I'd just like to say thanks so much for hopping on the podcast today. Uh, really appreciate it. 
before I let you go, why don't you tell the fine folks out there where everyone can find you? Yeah. So, um, as you mentioned earlier, I got my, uh, website. That's where I have everything most up to date. Um, uh, so it's top shelf threads, uh, with a Z at, um, and on there you can find all of my contact information. I'm on Instagram. Um, and then I do sell some stuff on eBay, but not as much. So, um, yeah, if, if you want like the most up to date stuff, that I'm selling, it's going to be on my website. My Instagram's just at Top Shelf Threads. Same thing with the Z. Um, so those are kind of the I post mostly on Instagram. So um, I would go there if you're going to follow it. Um, so I'm usually pretty good about posting new stuff on there, new inventory to website, and just other random hockey jersey stuff whether it's new releases and my two cents on those so yeah plus like one of the things i think is really cool about your uh your handle is you just show off some of these just incredible jerseys that are just like so fun to look over but you also do a trivia right so yeah that's that's always fun uh i always like subscribing to your channel because like maybe if i don't like want to empty the wallet this week uh i'm always interested with the question you come up with and the first person to get the right answer gets some money off their next jersey right yeah yeah so if you're the first person to guess it right you get 10 percent off and free shipping so definitely can go a long way with some of these more expensive jerseys so i do it every tuesday trivia tuesday um and then there's there's a couple other ideas i have in the works um i'll probably bring back dollar jurors thurs um so that's i was doing that for a while on ebay where every thursday i'd start i'd just list a jersey for it starting at a dollar and let just it ride let it ride and nice so I, i'll probably bring that back and i got some other ideas that I'll, I'll probably do as well so yeah, follow on Instagram for sure if uh, if you're interested. That's that's the best place and where I offer most of my deals and discounts and fun stuff like trivia. Sweet, Mike. Well, thanks so much again for joining us today and have a great day. Make sure to set your clocks back. Maybe walk around with one of those TBTCs on. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you have a great one. All right, you too. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Bye. All right, see you. All right, so that concludes our first episode. Hope you guys liked it. Another big shout-out to Mike for joining us. And remember, if you want to hear more, remember to hit that like, subscribe button on your podcast of choice, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening, and remember, you miss 100% of the jerseys you don't collect. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you.